Hello, listeners. You are about to listen to the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. This is a show for any and all baseball fans, and it is led by myself and my co-host, Travis. I am what you would call a stats nerd, and my buddy Travis was a total stud on his D3 college team. Our goal is to try to show you how we view the game of baseball, and maybe we'll share a few laughs along the way. So grab a drink, kick back, and join us on this wonderful ride through the 2021 MLB season. Enjoy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the first ever episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Alex. And I am your secondary host. My name is Travis. And we are going to be talking about some baseball. Uh, so Travis, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell them about, a little bit about yourself. All right. Yeah. So first off, um, yeah, again, my name is Travis. Um, all my life, uh, pretty much high school and college played uh, baseball. So I have a strong passion and, and good knowledge for um, in-depth and actually experiencing, you know, situations and plays and games uh, and that sort of um, knowledge about that. So yeah, Travis is coming at you with the perspective of a guy who's been on the field for lots of scenarios. Me, on the other hand, uh, I do not have the same level of experience. I did play 10 years of Little League. I was unfortunately never that good, never made an all-star team. But I always loved math. It's all right. And I always, thank you. I appreciate the sympathy. Um, but uh, I always loved math. I always loved following MLB stats from a really young age. It was always my biggest interest uh, in sports was keeping up with MLB stats whether it be with present players or even looking up, um, into the history of the game. Um, Travis and I, we met in elementary school, actually. And uh, we both grew up as Angel fans. We both live here in SoCal our whole lives. Um, unfortunately, we were five years old when the Angels won the 2002 World Series. And uh, because of that, we're hoping to soon see a World Series that we actually will be able to remember. Um, me and Travis like to talk about baseball all the time pretty much 24 seven. Uh, and we disagree a lot. So we thought we'd sort of uh, cue you guys in and you guys can be the third party and let us know who's right and who's wrong. So basically, all, you know what, with this podcast, you know, we're going to start off by episode one. Um, we're going to cut this into um, a couple different sections. We're going to go over, you know, our 2021 thoughts and kind of our predictions, um, who we like, who we don't like when it comes to underrated teams and overrated teams. And then we are going to be um, then focusing more on actual our team, the Los Angeles Angels of, I hate this, Anaheim. <laughs> and so we'll be cut, talking about them, talking about the, uh, the division and how we all kind of stack up just because we are about, uh, about the T-minus 48 hours to opening pitch for the Angels, um, which happens on April 1st at uh, 7.05. All right, so very first thing we are discussing in this podcast, um, we'll first start with uh, me and Alex's uh, little weekend trip we took to uh, Sin City. Um, great trip, uh, great 24-hour trip. Left Friday night, came back Saturday night. Um, just kind of a sneaky little bender we took. Uh, basically, we got went there, and our, our mission was to you know start with uh, doing kind of our sports betting for the season. Did some March Madness, did some NBA, did some NFL, um, but ba basically it was all about the the baseball aspect of the betting. So basically, we kind of wanted to talk about with you is just you know basically what our what our favorite bets were, or you know what bets we kind of wish we didn't go with, and then also um, kind of go through the uh, the big awards and big division winners that we um, we currently you know put money on, and and you know hopefully they come true. Some of them I actually don't hope they don't come true. Um, LA Dodgers and so uh, yeah we'll start with that so basically uh, I'll start with Alex and just by asking him you know going through kind of his favorite bets and then um, and the wagers and then of course going through mine all that stuff but I'll start with you Alex okay so yeah uh, I'm trying to think of my favorite bet that comes to mind and one I do really like is actually kind of a pair I put uh, a nice little chunk of money on both uh, Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns to win the NL Cy Young. I do feel like there's a pretty solid chance of one of those happening. I think at least the risk reward uh, in terms of, you know, what the odds were at Caesars was, uh, 
you know, somewhat, somewhat, uh, you know, reasonable. And I think I have a, you know, a decent chance of, um, you know, maybe getting that one right. I think both players are going to kind of benefit from a weakening division. I do think that, you know, with the Cubs getting worse, uh, experiencing a loss of, you know, a few key players. um, And then also that kind of coupled with the fact that the division as a whole has not gained that much strength. Obviously, Arenado is now joining the division on the Cardinals. But besides that, not a huge influx of talent on uh, other non-Brewers teams. Um, so I think that I think that uh, those players will be able to put up some, you know, impressive stat lines and uh, will definitely garner some Cy Young consideration, whether they win the award or not. You know, that's why it's a bet. Uh, who knows for sure? But I do feel like, you know, my bets on Woodruff and Corbin Burns were, uh, you know, pretty, uh, you know, I think they're respectable bets. So, uh, Travis, what do you have in mind for some of your favorite bets? Yeah, so, <clears throat> I mean, I'll kick it off by, um, you know, starting with the uh, World Series champs for 2021. Um, picks, uh, you know, first pick was a little bit with my head and, and thinking more about, you know, the team. And then my next pick was a little bit about the emotion. So, uh, picking with my head, um, I had Atlanta Braves 2021 World Series champs. They had pretty good odds. Um, of course, not the favorite in the NL, but um, had pretty good odds going into it. So I think about, you know, putting the money down and, of course, the return um, definitely was, I think, a, a good smart pick considering that they were about probably three good innings in last year's NLCS from making a trip to the World Series. So had them down as a World Series champs. My emotional pick, of course, is the Angels. I, you know, it, it's their year. I, I think it's going to happen. So I say that every year, but it, it's definitely their year. Um, I'm not sure I'm with Travis on that one. I don't know <laughs> if it is if it is our year. Um, I would like to think so, but you know, unfortunately. Uh, and we'll get more into that on uh, our next column too. But yeah, sure, it's it's, it's definitely a, a strong pick. But anyway, so. With me, um, basically when I did my picks, I, you know, I'm looking at AL MVP and NL MVP. I'm starting, I, I made a kind of a, I guess a, a smart pick and then also kind of a dark horse pick. So starting with AL MVP, <clears throat> starting with that, I went towards um, Carlos Correa. Basically with him, had a very strong postseason last year. Um, has is on a you know is on a contract year this year. Mm-hmm. I got a got a pretty disrespectful offer from the Astros, and so I think that's really going to you know energize him to be the best possibly shortstop um, in the AL. And I think it's going to be a shortstops league this year. And in my opinion, I, I see a lot of good favoritism yeah, when it and, comes and, to that. And some more on that, yeah, the, Carlos Correa definitely is someone who I even considered putting some money on. I didn't end up doing so, but I do think it's a very smart bet just because he seems like he's a player that kind of plays with plays uh, with like you know kind of fire in his heart. Like when he's up there in the postseason, he really you know is passionate up there. And I think that this kind of slight by the organization not offering him a very substantial contract that could definitely inspire him. I think to you know have a career year. We know what he's capable of. It just comes down to you know health and if things are kind of clicking at the right time. I definitely think he's more than capable of being a you know an MVP uh, you Most know candidate. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that looking at that like not not so much emotional side, but just looking at kind of like the stuff that you can't really measure. Um, you know, getting that contract that was so low or that uh, that that uh, bid from the uh, Astros, I think that's definitely going to be a huge push for him. My dark horse, um, I want to believe it, uh, Shohei Otani. Um, with him being a pitcher and a hitter, and with the spring training he had, I mean, I think he's already the uh, I would say the MVP of uh, the Cactus League spring training so um, basically with him I'm, I'm looking at if, if he can do you know 30 home runs if he can hit you know let's say 285 with you know a 375 on base and you know maybe even a 600 slugging because I know he's going to hit you know a lot of bombs and then you look at the ERA and the actual pitching side of it if he can have ERA about a 3.5 um, and, you know, get up to almost 15 wins. I mean, I, I don't see how you can't give this guy an MVP because no one in the league is doing that. Um, I think that he is definitely a good dark horse for the league, um, yeah. especially with struggling in the past couple of years. I think he's ready to prove um, prove people wrong. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I also put some money on Shohei Otani. Unfortunately for you and me, Travis, Caesars uh, didn't give us the best odds on that. They kind of screwed us Not over. At all, yeah. I believe, if I remember correctly, as of last weekend, Shohei Otani was tied for the second best, uh, a second, I don't know, best or worst, however you want to put it, second most favored player to win the AL. To one, so. Yeah, second most favored player to win the AL MVP. 
next to like Bregman and uh, whoever else it was. Yeah, and then Trout's number one, of course. And, but yeah. And that to me, that was, you know, I guess in a way it's a sign of respect or at least a sign that they understand what Otani is capable of if he does pull off an above average season both at the plate and on the mound. He's going to naturally not only have, you know, some great stats in, in terms of, you know, the 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 standard pitching and batting numbers as well as like he's going to have a, a big war if he's, you know, doing things on both sides of, of, of the game. But uh, there's no doubt of what he's capable of. And I guess Caesars kind of recognizes that. Most and yeah. even though you, you don't think of him as like a top three player in uh, the American League, uh, if you look at the AL betting odds, uh, you know, Caesars certainly thinks that there's that kind of potential. So definitely, we both bet on him and we'll see how that kind of ends up. Yeah, yeah. It all, I mean, basically, it's all about the health with him. If he can stay healthy all year long, I mean, there's definitely a shot right there. Uh, moving towards the NL MVP, I kind of went for a three three-headed dog with this one i mean i think the favorite and i just did it because i think it's the smartest pick and i think he honestly i i, I bet probably a I bet good money on this guy um juan soto i think he is probably gonna he's definitely gonna be probably the best hitter in the mlb this year um really really you know solid bat at the plate the the really pretty much the next ted williams at the plate so i think um him at the plate and he plays you know just solid average to above average defense i think it's a lot for him he's going to be doing special things at the plate um but moving over to kind of some little bit of a dark horses i i think as well and another guy on a contract here um cory seager i think he is you know, I hate the team he plays for, but, you know, I got to give him respect with the postseason and I got to give him respect with, I mean, the past couple of nights uh, playing the Angels, he has been hitting bombs. So I'll go with Corey Seager. I think it's a smart pick just because um, the odds for him were actually not crazy good, but um, which, which was kind of funny that they were for Otani, but not for Seager. So I think that the money aspect of it was very good in return um, for that. So I think he definitely is going to be a special player. Um, like I, and like I said, I think this year, 2021, is going to be the year of the shortstops just because of all the hype with Tatis. And then you literally have uh, Story, Seager, and Correa all on um, all on contract years. So big two guys um, right there. And then lastly, the last person, which I, you know, he had an MVP, but he really slowed down. And he kind of picked it up last year. And I think he really is going to be bursting onto the scene. He's already hitting the ball crazy right now in spring training, but that's Bryce Harper. Um, I see him being a huge, huge power threat in the uh, NL NL East. And, and honestly, probably surprised a lot of people. I know he plays um, really good defense. He has a great arm. Um, and I think he kind of has accepted that role as, you know, it's not him and Trout in the MLB anymore competing for the number one spot. It's kind of he's moved to the back of the pack where he's kind of that, you know, um, underrated kind of guy where, you know, I think he's ready to burst back onto the scene and, and, you know, show the, show the world that he's still, you know, present with, um, with all of his, uh, all of his tools. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. That's, that's basically what my NL MVPs. Yeah. Uh, I think all three of those names are, in my opinion, super likely candidates to be in the, in the hunt, you know, late in the season of, you know, guys who can, you know, you know, have a real shot at the award. I think the Bryce pick, a guy who I also put some money on for NL MVP, uh, I also wanted to bet him for like a home run potential title. He 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 just crushes the ball, uh, plain and simple. And not only does he crush the ball, but last season, uh, in the shortened season, he had a you know a really elite on base percentage. You kind of factor in the on base with the slugging, uh, OPS wise, he could you know end up having a you know top year in the MLB, let alone National League. He could really surprise uh, a lot of people with you know his kind of completeness at the plate. Um, he does strike out quite a bit, but. I don't think that's going to be a problem for the voters if he puts together puts together the kind of season that we know he can, and also Soto. I also put some money on. He was, uh, was he the favorite in the National League? Maybe he right was, behind Betts. Maybe he might have been right behind Betts or maybe tied with Betts. But yeah. So yeah, he. I mean, he's obviously everyone knows why he is a uh, is a likely contender to win the award. Uh, you know, Soto just uh, the absolute complete uh, plate presence, the discipline, the bat on ball skills. He has pretty solid contact. You know, he doesn't swing and miss like a lot of the other sluggers in the league. He walks at an unreal rate. You know, just just a guy who, you know, you always want at the plate whenever possible. Um, and I think really impresses the advanced stats people and also the, you know, just people that watch the game and don't really, you know, just are looking at at-bats, you know, yeah. hits, home runs. I think I think he impresses both of them, which is really nice. Yeah, I, th- I think you know, if, if you don't follow the game, uh, the numbers behind the game, if you're just watching, you can tell the swagger he has at the plate – and, you know, the way he just rips the ball, the ball explodes off the bat. Uh, no matter how you look at it, it's definitely a, just a super uh, talented uh, plate presence, you know, unlike something we've seen in, in, in quite a while. So, um, 
yeah, the, I think that's, you know, I think all of our MVP, MVP picks are, you know, uh, kind of a, speak for themselves. Yeah, most definitely. And I'll kind of sum through AL and NL Cy Young. Basically, the, I mean, they're pretty much favorites. Um, AL Cy Young went really just kind of with, you know, I, I kind of went with a Cole and Giolito picks. I think you know, those two guys are definitely the two favorites, and they definitely are in Caesar's mind. So went with that for them. And then NL Cy Young, I went a little bit, um, you know, out of the, out of the, out of the, um, kind of out of the ballpark and uh, kind of went with Alex over there and, and uh, went with Woodruff as uh, one of my favorites. He was going on really good odds with Caesar. So I think 10 bucks would literally turn into like 350 bucks. And so I was like, I'm going to go ahead and pick him. Also one guy that's always impressed me and the team impresses me is, uh, is Max Freed. So I went with him just being that almost that Tom Glavin lefty. And so um, I definitely expect him to be, you know, number one, number two for the Braves if Soroka come back and um, really be a dominant force in that in that pitching staff. So that kind of sums up the NL and the AL Cy Young. Another one that was, uh, you know, one of my favorites as well, looking into the bets, was um, I looked at RBI leaders. I actually had a, a good list of RBI leaders. Um, my guy, besides Mike Trout, my guy, of course, Nolan Arenado, <laughs> uh, you know, led RBIs uh, in the NL for, I mean, numbers of seasons in Colorado. I know that's Colorado. I think coming to uh, St. Louis, I think that's going to be kind of a new, fresh perspective from him. I think he's going to do well. Um, it's a kind of a world-class organization when, it, when you think about the history and the players that have played there. I think that, you know, most people, when they go to St. Louis, they really don't slump. I think that it's definitely a hitter's um, franchise. So, I think he'll do amazing there. I have him one of the RBI leaders in the MLB next year. And then also, um, I think a pretty smart and sneaky pick was um, Anthony Rendon, of course, because looking at him, he's going to have Trout and he's going to have David Fletcher in front of him. And those two guys, I mean, I think they seem to get on two times a, a game. And so having that, he is definitely going to be um, Mr. Tony Two Bags. And so uh, definitely, you know, slicing and dicing doubles in the gap. He's going to be scoring a lot of, a lot of runs, and I think RBI, uh, an RBI leader in 162 games is going to be a almost an easy feat for him. So those two guys definitely are for RBI leaders. And then um, lastly, uh, K leader. I think they just had this on there as well. K's, you know, I'm just going to give more props to the Dodgers, of course. I'll, I went with Bueller. Um, I think Bueller, of course, will be a Cy Young um, winner one year. Um, I don't know about this year, but I think he'll get back on track. I mean, had an unreal postseason um, and I guess also the, you look at the odds as well as for what Caesars is also, you know, posting. I think Bueller was very underrated on that. So went ahead and just snuck, snuck him in there. And, um, those are kind of my picks for, you know, all my favorite bets, I would say for that, but anything else, Alex, dad? Yeah. Um, I, a lot of the picks are things that we usually kind of agree on. We both kind of understand the potential of some of these guys we're talking about. Bueller, obviously being a guy who has the, you know, Cy Young potential, ace potential can be the best pitcher on a world series kind of team you want him in you want him pitching in the big game uh all that you know kind of goes without saying if you just you know watch the guy throw in the postseason it's unreal can he piece together a really healthy 162 game season type of type of repertoire um i think he probably can i will happen this year i guess we'll have to wait and see um for uh speaking of you know national league cy young candidates i also put some money on Aaron Nola. I think Nola is kind of, uh, doesn't really get the respect uh, that he deserves. Uh, he does get uh, some respect, obviously, but I think he's really kind of formed a, uh, I guess, a kind of a portfolio that would uh, command someone who should be regularly in like a top five Cy Young in the National League kind of contention, but he rarely is, you know, kind of viewed in that light. Yeah, and I guess I would just say that uh, Aaron Nola is the kind of guy who I think um, should really command the respect of like a top five a Cy Young favorite in uh, in the National League. And he wasn't getting that kind of respect from Caesars. So I went ahead and, you know, took advantage. And hopefully that's something that could end up panning my way. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But I think if the Phillies, you know, if he, you know, I think Bryce Harper, Real Muto, he can get the run support. Um, I have no doubt about that. You know, Bohm kind of exploding onto the scene. Uh, Hoskins heating up. Uh, towards the second half of last season, if things kind of continue in the right way for the that team, I could see Nola uh, also being supported by, you know, Wheeler. I could see that team being kind of sneaky. I could see, uh, you know, Nola getting the kind of, you know, Cy Young candidate respect that I think he's capable of, you know, earning. So um, kind of wrapping up on the, you know, some of our favorite bets, uh, I think now's a good time to transition into some bets 
that Travis and I kind of scratch our head at when we were at the you know the teller at the at the at the desk of the uh, sports book, and we're not really sure why we uh, made some of these decisions. Uh, we 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 kind of planned out what we were gonna do, and when we got there, our first time betting at a sports book, we kind of made some questionable decisions in the heat of the moment. So I guess I'll start off. I uh, I don't I don't dislike these picks, but I decided to put five dollars on each of. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Kevin uh, Biggio, and Bo Bichette. I do think all three of those guys... What was the category for? For for American League MVP. Oh, okay, okay. I bet on all three of those guys for American League MVP. Just five bucks each. The payout will be huge if any of them hit. But I guess I, guess I just see all three as having a unique skill set. Kevin uh, Biggio for, uh, you know, kind of not a, a household name, but has the best, you know, walk rate in the in the league. It's straight up, you know, ridiculous how he's able to get walks. If he can kind of get his contact up and uh, you know, he he does he does square up the ball. He does hit for, you know, uh, a solid slugging. If the average comes up a bit, it kind of will help out the slugging and the on-base even more. But, you know, kind of pair pair that with uh, his elite on-base or his elite walk rate, I should say. And, you know, I think the sky's the limit for the guy. Utility player. Uh, he might be playing some second and some third base. I might be thinking third base with adding Semyon with Bichette. I'm not sure what their plan is, but maybe maybe Semyon goes to third and Bichette, and uh, and Biggio stays at second. But we'll have to see. But um, either way, I do think that you know at the plate, um, Biggio has you know the upside of an MVP. Is he there yet? Probably not. I don't really like the bet, uh, but I do think he has you know that kind of upside. And then Bichette is someone else who. You know, has the upside. And we've seen it in his numbers. He's only put up elite hitting stats as a shortstop for a team that's, you know, many people think have playoff potential this year, at least wildcard potential. We'll have to, you know, see what they do. But if if Bashek can kind of be a, one of the premier shortstops and the team does make the playoffs, you know, I mean, I don't think it's out of the question to say Bashek could be like uh, the best offensive shortstop in the league behind maybe Tatis, you know, maybe Story's better. You know, we'll have to see when the sample size keeps increasing, but... If he stays healthy, I do think, you know, his slugging percentage as a shortstop is is just super high. Um I do think the I do think the upside is there. Uh and then lastly, uh Vladdy Guerrero Jr., you know, loved watching his father for the Angels, uh my favorite player growing up. And I don't think this was a sentimental pick. I just really like his uh hard contact rate. It just the way he, you know, slugs the ball, the exit velocity, he always just Every time I'm scrolling through Twitter, I just see different stats and highlights about his exit velos and how he just crushes the ball uh, when he squares up. Uh, if he can kind of, you know, if things click for him, once again, if, big if, but if things click in the right way, I, there's definitely M- MVP upside there. Um, he's going to probably be playing a lot of first base this year. Maybe a little bit of DH, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but I do think that at the plate, he is the kind of guy who can be an AL MVP at some point. Is it too early? Probably. Do I regret betting on these three guys? A little bit. But at the end of the day, if any of them hit, I'm going to look pretty smart. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, and yeah, so I mean, guessing moving to me and, and moving to my, you know, least favorite bets, I, it's it sums it up. I mean, basically, it was they're, they're, they're all smart bets, I would say, because I, I did the division, picked every division and who was going to be the winner. It was all pretty, I think, pretty simple and, you know, probably going to score about four out of six if that. Um, only, the only reason I didn't like this and I didn't like the um, picking the actual, uh, you know, I picked 10 teams over and under on their total wins for the season. Only reason I didn't like these is because it's the, the payout is is maybe doubling my money. And I only put five to maybe $10 on some of these things. So those are kind of my least favorite ones just because it's not really exciting, especially if I hit on like two of them. Is that really worth the drive going back to Vegas for for some weird reason for ten bucks? Yeah, <laughs> so that waste of gas in that freaking room is gonna be you know is gonna just be you're going gonna be, in a serious debt on that. Yeah, so you're gonna be the payout is not exciting. It's not it's not it's not very um, it's not very sexy. So it's just it's uh it's kind of a bet that I'm like yeah you know just, it was out of fun. It was a, yeah a bit of a bucket list thing for you. I think you just wanted to kind of pick the division winners, see if you could get them all right. Definitely yeah. yeah. And if it does end up hitting, if you get all six, that'd be pretty fun and then you'd yeah. actually you know you could take a little victory lap and get your money at vegas and hey, uh, angels win in the west is that what you picked, <laughs> let's, what picked. let's go let's make it happen <laughs> fingers all right. crossed 
All right, so um, I guess now we're kind of going to go into kind of our main kind of segment of, uh, of, you know, looking at our 2021 um, season and our thoughts. Basically, what we're going to talk about is, you know, kind of what we think uh, one of our underrated teams, or for me, I kind of went, I went stupid above and beyond. I just went underrated team in the NL and in the AL and then overrated in the NL and the AL. Fair enough. Alex probably has one or, or two or something like that, but I, I, I'll cut it into short, you know, segments. But basically, just wanted to talk about... Um, what teams I think are, you know, people are, 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 you know, praising too much and then teams that they're not praising enough that really could be deadly. But, um, yeah, go ahead and we'll start with Alex just to see, you know, what, what he thinks and what he, what he says about what his teams are. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to say that the team I think is underrated is a team I've already touched on a bit. I do think the Brewers are going to be a sneaky team this year. I do think they do have, uh, the upside of winning the NL central, uh, I think a lot of people might be leaning Cardinals for obvious reasons. They just added one of the better third basemen in the league. Uh, the best. <laughs> for for those that don't know, one of the longest running uh, kind of debates me and Travis have is regarding a uh, third baseman in in the league. Such a talented uh, and deep uh, spot in the league right now. But uh, Travis will maintain Arenado being the best third baseman, and uh, for now we'll just say he's you know obviously going to be an elite presence in that lineup. A great defensive force. There's just no questioning it. Uh, Cardinals got a lot better with that addition, uh, but I do think that the Brewers have the you know the uh, upside of of you know not only outranking the Cardinals but running away with the division. I think that their pitching is um, truly elite. I think that the Burns Woodruff duo that I highlighted earlier has the you know potential just to kind of run away with uh, a lot of the Cy Young conversation. I do think that other guys in their um, you know, pitching staff, like, uh, example, Peralta, I think he, you know, has really favorable numbers, the advanced numbers on his sort of swing and miss stuff, his uh, K percentage and his, you know, swing, uh, swing and miss percentage. Um, it's, it's, it looks very good. Um, combine that with the great bullpen pieces of hater and obviously an explosive, uh, 2020 for Devin Williams, uh, two guys who are truly legit and, uh, are going to continue to be presence. Uh, big presences in that in that bullpen, uh, kind of coupling that that pitching upside with the fact that Yelich will almost certainly bounce back from his kind of really really weird twenty twenty that he had. Yelich, uh, you know, was in the running for National League uh batting title the last two seasons in eighteen and nineteen with getting a lot of MVP votes. You know, won it one of the years, and then twenty twenty he bats you know in the low lower half of the two hundreds. And but his on base was at was still in the three fifty range. So I I don't know what his I think he just might have uh, had a weird uh, adjustment in his approach at the plate. I want to say that he was maybe looking to sort of increase his walk rate and wasn't swinging the bat uh, nearly as much as he would on a normal season. I'm expecting him to sort of readjust, re kind of focus, re kind of evaluate the way he is a uh, you know maybe revert back to his old ways. If he was able to keep some of that, you know, that uh, walk rate and kind of tie that into, you know, getting the average back up, there's no doubt that he's going to be a force again, an all-star, and then some. And then kind of coupled with all this sort of Brewers praise, I'm going to couple it with the fact that the Cubs are not the same team that they were, uh, you know, last season, losing Darvish, no longer have Lester. Um, the team is definitely, you know, not the same as it was last year, let alone a couple years ago. Um, and... Uh, also coupled it with the fact that, you know, Pirates losing some pitching. They lost uh, Joe Musgrove, Jamison Talion. Um, also, uh, Kella, their reliever, is now a Padre. So I think that, you know, some of the losses that the rest of the division has seen uh, is really going to help the Brewers. I think they're going to be a real uh, a real good bet. I did bet on them to win their, their division. I bet them to uh, go over on their over-under for wins in the season. I think they were like at 83.5 or something. Way too low for me. I think that they could win the division. Cardinals could still edge them out, but I think they'll at least be in the wild card race at the very least. Um, it's definitely a, a two-team race in that division. I mean, I think for the, sure. the Cubs, Pirates, and Reds are kind of, they're kind of written their 
written their notice and they're 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 pretty much out of it. I think contention for the division, especially the the pitching staff. I definitely give Brewers the edge because I mean, right, like you said, Williams and Hayter closing it out, and then you literally have I mean Burns and Woodruff starting it. It's definitely going to be it's elite, um, yeah, elite. It just I mean, of course, the biggest question is going to be the offense, but you know, underrated. Definitely could be a wild card team. Easily could be. The, and like, like you said, the Reds, the fact that they losing Bauer, which Cy Young winner, short season, but still he was a big reason why they even made the playoffs. But their offense is going to be a nightmare. It's, it's not, what Joey Votto told us last year in the in the and wild was, card round. So. He did tell us that, and boy, was he right. No oh, run scored. Right. It, was not, it, was not, <laughs> it was not pretty. Sorry, Reds, Reds fans out there. But yeah, the fact that they're losing Bauer, Cubs losing Darvish, Pirates losing Musgrove, you know. All these teams are getting weaker in their pitching uh, depth, and I think the Brewers have the bats to take advantage of that. Great defensive additions as well in terms of Colton Wong, Jackie Bradley Jr. That extra defensive boost could even help Burns and Woodruff even more. That may even help their you know, their ERA and sort of their standard run prevention stats that uh, the voters are interested in, and I could really see the Brewers exploding. So, Travis, who do you have for a sneaky team that you think uh, – yeah, so I, I went a little bit uh, – I went NL and I went AL, but I'll start with the NL. Basically, um, I know that, you know this division is – you know they call it pretty much this – it's almost a four-headed monster. It's going to be in the NL East. Um, one of the underrated teams I have is the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, basically, I have them being an underrated team and not really saying they're going to be a division winner or they're going to be you know a wild-card team. I think they could really give a lot of trouble to the Nationals and the Mets and the Braves. Um, you know, I think it first starts off with kind of, you know, who's, who's manning and who's steering the ship, um, starting off with, I mean, the big acquisition of at least Dave, uh, Dombrowski in the front office. Um, basically when I look back at his, you know, uh, GM general managing career, you know, he took three, what I would say, confused organizations, franchises to the world series in about four years or less, um, started off with Florida in 93 and took them to the world series in 97 and won it. Um, took over for Detroit in uh, 2002. I know they were god awful. I think in 2004 or five or maybe even three, they had like a hundred and I, I can't imagine how many wins they, they they were one of the worst teams I think in history. Took them to the World Series in 2006, and then taking over for Boston in 2015, and then creating that such I mean almost elite 2018 roster, which I still think that that team could I mean go up against any other team almost in yeah. the in, in the in the two thousand in the 21st century at least. Definitely, um, definitely created a just a monster team. And so having that in the front office is definitely, I mean, a big plus. And then also having uh, Joe Girardi as the manager, a lot of, a lot of playoff experience as a player and as a coach and a manager um, with New York. So I think those two guys being, you know, just straight winners are going to be very helpful with the, with the team and, and, and the growth. And he has um, the tools to do so. Dombrowski really, definitely, he's definitely. coming into a system with good prospects, all-stars, veterans. And I would say they're also in a, in a confused state just because it is, you know, you have Bryce Harper, you signed this guy to a huge contract, and you, you kind of haven't been winning. And you have little pieces that are falling out of place every single year. So it is a confused uh, organization and franchise right now, I'd say. Um, also, you know, last year, I think, I mean, looking at the sample size, it's not really helpful for some teams, but their, their bullpen was God awful. I mean, you look, I think the worst in baseball, I, I think it was a, a 10 plus ERA for their bullpen. I'm not sure, but it may have been the worst ever. It, I, I think it, yeah. the numbers might say it's the worst I, I think ever. it's the worst ever just because of the short season. Of yeah. Course. Just because yeah. of the short season, it definitely was the worst ever. Um, adding, you know, Jose Alvarado and, you know, Archie Bradley, I think those are definitely two big veteran pieces that are going to help. Um, you know, Alvarado coming out of the pen with, you know, that big, huge lefty arm throwing almost 101 is going to be very helpful. And then Archie Bradley just being, you know, a solid vet for, you know, Arizona in the past years. And then um, I can't think who I was with, he was with last year, but I mean, I just know he was, he was an Arizona guy that definitely was an all-star um, and, and definitely, you know, has a lot of plus when it coming out of the bullpen. Um, so I think those two guys are very helpful um, in, you know, you know, sharpening up that pen. And then, I mean, I kind of touched on earlier. Um, I think there are one, two, three for starting pitching is very, very good. I like Nola. I like Wheeler. I like Eflin. Um, he has Spencer Howard still, you know, kind of raised and kind of, you know, coming yeah. through the system. I think that this, you know, team will be a good pitching staff team. Nola, like you said, I mean, he, I mean, I would not be surprised if he won the Cy Young because he is, he is very elite. Um, Wheeler, I see him coming back out and having a good 2021 Eflin, I think he's been kind of growing. He's been getting better. So, and he's still really young. So I think that those three guys are definitely big, big, you know, 
you know, contending pitching staff in the division, even though the division is so heavy. And then lastly, I think that their offense is, you know, dynamite. I mean, you have the best catcher in the game in Real Muto. You have uh, Reese Hoskins at first, which, you know, his power is, is elite. I think he can honestly, you know, hit 40 home runs some year. Sure. Um, he, could, sec- he, he could lead the NL. Easily, the easily, runs. easily. Definitely Se- and, and second base, you know, Gene Segura, always been a great contact guy, always been a good average guy. Didi Gregorius at short, a power guy. Great guy. Alec Bohm, who is, you know, I, I really like him at coming out of third base. He he had a great year last year. Um, only going to get better. Definitely got a great bat. And then, of course, you know, the outfield, you have McCutcheon coming back. And then, what I mean, what, why I put the bet down, I think Harper could have a monster year. And that's another guy that, you know, could just totally lead that offense. It could be a stupid power hitting club when it comes to, you know, home runs. Um, Reese, Harper, and Didi could have, you know, insane amounts of home runs. So, very good on that side. Um, for the AL, went a little, um, you know, this team I definitely don't see in the postseason, but I definitely see them being, a, you know, a very good contender, and that's going to be the Red Sox. I mean, I think it's going to start off with, you know, Alex Cora returning to the managerial role. Um, wasn't there in 2020, so definitely probably some confusion in the, you know, the the uh, the, the, the roster and the 25-man roster, um, you know, with a new, you know, kind of coach only playing them with 60 games. So, his return is going to be very helpful. I think their lineup is very underrated. Uh, I looked at it a couple days ago, and, um, you know, you have Vasquez, who's a great catcher. And then, you know, you have, right now with, with Bobby Dahlbeck being, you know, the kind of the hype coming out of spring training, I mean, he could even burst 40 home runs this year. He could be the kind of the new Pete Alonso at first base. Um, second base, you know, having Kike Hernandez. And then, of course, short and third is probably one of the top five in the game with, with Bogart's endeavors. Those guys are so good. Um, definitely a solid infield. And then the outfield, I mean, I, I'm not going to say it's it's awful. I mean, you have uh, Verdugo, I believe, is going to be playing in right. And then um, I know you have a guy named Franchi, which I, I can't I, – I have not seen him play that much. So I, I, I know he's going to be a good player and all that stuff. But having those guys and then um, I still think J.D. Martinez has a lot of home runs still left in him. And so he'll probably have a fun year with all that. Um, returning back to like, you know, his normal state and, you know, getting back into 162. I'm not going to really, you know, discredit someone for having a bad, you know, 40, 50 games or 60 games when, you know, it's kind of a weird year and there was really, really no spring training with some of these guys. So um, definitely going to be kind of a, a, a unique, you know, I think return for a lot of these guys. Yeah, I think that offense has so much upside. Like you said, Dalbeck was really the story of the uh, sort of spring training for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, the amount of times I saw... A video of him hitting a home run posted by Jared Kravis or someone like that. It, it really just kind of, uh, you know, kind yeah, of lots of power in that bat. And yeah, it kind of rocked, kind of rocked Twitter there for a yeah, little bit. Yeah. Um, and then starting left field also, uh, you know, Hunter Renfro. I mean, he had a crazy year. I mean, he had a crazy 2019 with the Padres and then went over to the Tampa Bay Rays. Had a really good, um, you know, postseason. Had a really good season. Great power bat. I mean, I can see him. I can see Renfro, Martinez, Dahlbeck. I mean, just banging and Ver- hundreds of balls off the monster this year. And, and Verdugo and, got real uh, uh, MVP votes last year. Yeah, he was yeah. some, in the, somewhere he'll in the be, teens. He'll be a versatile good guy. So yeah. he, he's, he's, you know, all-star upside, you know. We'll, we'll see him, you know, if he has a good year, it could, it could also inspire the, rest of the team. And lastly, I think, you know, their rotation is not even that bad at all. I, I think, honestly, it could even be the, the top two in the division for starting rotation. I think once Sale comes back, which I think might be May, June, um, Sale, you know, is is definitely could be is definitely a top five pitcher in the league. I think he returns and he still is going to be elite. You still have Nathan Avaldi, who has been a very very good upsided veteran pitcher. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez has really kind of you know stepped into you know kind of that almost that ace role. Um, has had a, has put together a couple really good seasons, and then I I, I really like the pick of uh, of Garrett Richards. I mean, it's it's funny because I think he he somewhat died in twenty fourteen when he tore his knee at first base in Fenway Park for the Angels because I remember that so clearly and so, so, so much. And so I think that coming back to Fenway, he's going to kind of, you know, uh, be be born again. And so I, I can see him being a very good uh, four or five um, starting pitcher for their rotation. And then, um, and then lastly, you know, I think it's just about the Red Sox culture. I mean, some teams have it, some teams don't. And the Red Sox just have a culture of not really going on a huge playoff drought where you know you're looking at five years and there's no playoffs. Red Sox for some reason, they do they do really well and they, they then they almost sell or they almost just go kind of in this this decline mode and then they just pick it right up again and in, in two years three years they're competing for a World Series championship and so the culture for them is definitely one that you know you you can't really sleep on. For sure, yeah, a lot of 
a lot of good things to say about the Red Sox. Um, the division will be competitive, of course. You know, looking at you know the strides that Tampa Bay has taken, uh, or rather, I meant to say the strides that Toronto has taken. You know, added Ryu last year, uh, added Yates, who's now going to be injured and miss some time, maybe, yeah, maybe this yeah, season. Yeah. But um, you know, a, a team that's certainly growing up there in in Toronto. They won't be playing in Toronto, I, I believe, to no, <laughs> for yeah. this year. But but a team that's certainly growing. Yankees star studded as ever. Uh, you know, the Rays. Might have taken a step back without a Snell or Morton, but you know got serviceable replacements for them. Uh, but yeah, uh, the Red Sox pick is definitely you know there's something there for sure. Um, definitely, definitely. And now you, you give give me now your now give me your overrated. Okay, so this is sort of a, a zag to what Travis uh, kind of said <laughs> as his. Uh, some I, don't, is, I don't like it. I so, don't some, like the way I'm here right now. Something something that he said uh, about his World Series uh, prediction in Vegas. He said he liked the Braves a lot. And I do think the Braves are a very good team. I think they're a very fun team. I also think they're a bit overrated. I think I think the way that they're being discussed uh, as like this sort of powerhouse, I think they're going to fall to earth a bit this year. Uh, that's just kind of my take. I think they're good, but I don't think that they're a lock for the playoffs. Uh, I think they probably will make the playoffs. But if I had to make my bold take, my bold take would be that the Braves are going to miss the playoffs. They have a really high ceiling with all the talent they have. We saw it last year. Ozuna exploded. Freeman exploded. Acuna always is like a top 10 MVP conversation kind of guy. Uh, Darno had a great offensive year. And um, amazing pitching performances from guys like Ian Anderson, Max Fried. You know. uh, the, thing really, the thing for me, it's just going to come down to the fact that I don't think a lot of those guys are going to have that same season. Not only is it going to be a longer season, but a lot of those guys had kind of you know career type years. I don't think Ozuna is going to be able to sustain his twenty twenty. Uh, Freeman certainly, I respect him a lot as a as a as a hitter, as a player, best first baseman in the league. He can't repeat what he did in twenty twenty. I don't think anyone can. He put up some unreal numbers in the in the shortened season, and he deserved the MVP uh, without a doubt. But uh, I just don't think that those numbers were sustainable. Another uh, person on their team with kind of unsustainable numbers in my mind is Ian Anderson. Uh, when you're a rookie and you're you know pitching at that level, um, it really says something about you know the kind of talent upside you have. And I do think he's a guy with great, amazing upside. I just don't think you know, n- you know, no, 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 no projection by any you know sort of you know advanced metric you know calculator is gonna you know say he's gonna repeat that. It's just not. Uh, it's not in the cards. I, I do think that the pitching and the offense is going to take a step back in Atlanta. Uh, will that be, you know, the uh, nail in the coffin that keeps them out of the playoffs? Maybe not. You know, their talent uh, alone, even if everyone has a down year, they can still make the playoffs. But, you know, Ian Anderson last year with a 1.95 ERA in the regular season in six games. I mean, we all know that's going to take a step back significantly. Also, their bullpen got significantly weaker losses uh of Melanson um you know still got great guys uh still got great guys in uh, Chris Martin and uh, Will Smith but losing um uh Darren O'Day as well you know some guys who were really great for them last year who had really great you know ERAs and were overall just good at uh you know coming in high leverage situations and locking things down I don't think those I don't think those guys are going to be able to uh I don't think the guys that are left in their pen are going to be able to be as effective as the truly elite 2020 Braves bullpen was. Um, what do you got to say to that, Travis? I mean, I, I will I will agree with that. I don't think Azuna is going to be a triple crown threat. I don't think um, Freeman um, is going to bat 1.2 OPS or whatever it was. That. I know Anderson won't have the same. I know all the guys won't have the same numbers. Um, and it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see because we'll see, you know, at least a full season from all these guys. The Braves, of course, have always been a team where – you know, the full season, they still are division winners in 18 and 19, but yeah, you see them tire out in the playoffs where you didn't see them tire out in, um, in the 2020 playoffs. Same thing with, um, the, uh, the great Los Angeles Dodgers, you know, you see them tiring out in the playoffs all the time. Um, always choking big time and, you know, didn't do it this season, only played 60 games. And I think only played about 80 something games, maybe in total. So Definitely, kind of a you know an asterisk year for a lot of teams, and definitely for the uh, for the Los. Travis's saltiness is truly bleeding through here. Uh, but. <laughs> but but yeah, so definitely, I know teams will be 
will be definitely regressing, I think. I think, I mean, you look at Shane Bieber, you look at Bauer, very good pitchers. They're not, I mean, if they have the same ERA, then they are probably, I mean, stupid legit. They're Hall of Fame bound. Yeah, yeah. and so I guarantee those guys are going to have the same numbers. So, um, and then pretty much for me, for my overrated, um, you know, went with, I kind of stuck in the East. And so basically, and I'm not saying, and like I said, the underrated teams that I chose, I think those teams aren't, you know, playoff teams, but could be, you know, very well in the mix, like in, in September for the playoffs. Um, I think the overrated teams, I'm not saying that they're not division winners, but they could be, um, you know, third place teams, kind of just middle of that division and um, very, you know, kind of just like, you know, disappointing years. But I'll start out by, you know, I, I for some reason, I just think the Mets, I don't know why. Um, Interesting. I, I think they had a little, I think they, they can even say they had a failure of, a, of an offseason. Even though they got James McCann, even though they got Pilar, they got Lindor, they got Carrasco. I think they definitely were eyeing Springer and they were definitely eyeing Bauer. I think they failed in the offseason. LeMahieu too, yeah. And LeMahieu, yes, yes, with, with Cano going down. So I think they kind of had a little bit of a failure. And also, I, I, the front office drama is kind of interesting right now. I know their GM Porter... Um, I forget his first name, uh, got fired for, you know, I think... Some uh, sort of misconduct. Yeah, and then right now, Angels and Mets are feeling the pressure, but, you know, there's a Callaway, uh, Mickey Callaway investigation. I think there's definitely some front office drama that can maybe be a distraction for the players um, on and off the field, and so we'll see with that right there. Um, I'm basically, you know, and it's funny, I mean, I definitely they have one of the best starting pitching, but I definitely am not sold on their rotation yet. I know DeGrom is going to be elite. He, I mean, honestly, I, I, I hope and I think he's going to win the Cy Young because I think he's just been, he's just a special kind of pitcher. Um, Syndergaard, he's probably going to miss the first half. So you just wonder what you're going to get from the second half from him. Um, you know, coming back from Tommy John, you wonder uh, about a lot of things. And, and, you know, I know he's on a contract again. And so you wonder if he's going to be taking it maybe a little bit more easy and just kind of sailing into that contract um, offseason. Um, you know, and it's funny for me, Stroman and Carrasco, I don't really consider them to be, you know, they don't 100% sell me. Um, Stroman pitched really well for the Blue Jays for some seasons, kind of came over. I think he had a 3.77 ERA in 19, opted out of the 20 season. So it's going to be interesting having, you know, over 12 months of um, no real, you know, in-game regular season pitching. So it's going to be interesting how he comes into it. And then for me, I, I, I've been a big fan of Carrasco. Definitely was a, was a great pitcher for the Indians and was a really nice compliment to, you know, Kluber on those Indians teams. I don't know how he's going to be doing in the NL East. For me, I've always been a big, you know, kind of seasons after, you know, one another. I've always seen the Central as kind of almost, I don't want to say a weak division, but just, you know, and AL Central was kind of, a, you know, didn't really have the big, the big boppers, I would say. And so um, Carrasco will be interesting to see with that and, and, you know, coming into the NL Central and having, you know, just a ton, a ton of, you know, offensive players that he'll have to pitch against. Definitely think they'll do pretty good, but just haven't 100% sold me on that. Um, uh, Taiwan Walker is good. The only thing about him that definitely is kind of, you know, not concerning, but just like eye-opening is that he's never pitched 55 or more innings since 2017. And so um, mm. he's gone years, I mean, without pitching, you know, deep, deep into, into, you know, August or September. So you wonder how that arm is looking. Definitely a good ERA, but um, you look at, you know, he's never threw, I think, 180 innings in a season. I'm not saying he's going to have to do that with the Mets, but it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, I think also a big, not a big question mark, but just, you know, I wonder how it's going to be, you know, with the team is Lindor, because I know right now he's under the whole contract um, negotiations. He's been declining some offers that are pretty damn good, I would say, because of, you know, with him being, I think, 28 or something like that. He'll be getting paid till he's 38, 39. And he's going to be getting paid almost 32 and a half mil a season. And he's declining that. I think that can maybe you know maybe provide a little bit of drama in the in the front office too. Um, and so definitely the Mets are our team that I don't think is going to have a problem with the season. But I think that they may be getting a little bit overrated just by you know people saying oh they're they're World Series champs right now. So definitely a, a thing to look out for. And then last team I'm in the AL. I you know this team got a lot a lot better this this off season, but Toronto Blue Jays. Um, for me, offense is really is going to be good. I mean, offense is going to be good from what we from what we see in the past seasons. But starting rotation is the only thing that could be a problem for me. Ryu is great, um, and really, it's it's for me. It's Ryu's great. Pearson's on the rise, but after that, I really don't know who they have. They have Mats, Chatwood, Stripling, Ray, and Rourke. I don't know if that's a definite rotation that could lead them 
into you know winning a division or even a wild card. I know the Rays are still going to be really good, and the Yankees are going to probably be cream of the crop for the division. But um, Toronto, it wouldn't surprise me if they're a third-place team. I mean, really, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I know last season, of course, was a small sample size, and a lot of those guys did really well. Um, you know, I, 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 I liked what I saw from them, but, you know, I don't know if Teoscar Hernandez can, can, you know, bring back all the home runs he had uh, a season ago. Um, I know Springer's going to be good, um, and I know majority of those guys are going to definitely grow, especially because they're a young team. But um, for me, the, the big side is the pitching because I just don't know. They just lost Kirby Yates, and so um, really with everything, the pitching side could be a little bit of a, of a ongoing situation for um, – for the Blue Jays, but definitely teams that are going to be, I mean, definite threats for wild cards and divisions. But I just think that from my side, maybe a little overrated um, from what I've seen, just big holes I, I see in some places. Yeah, a, a lot of good points there. The The pitching does leave something to be desired for Toronto. Um, I do think, you know, there might be some additions that I think have more upside than given credit. I do think a guy like Matt's could, you know, bounce back just based on uh, having a very weird 2020. Um, and then also you mentioned the Mets, uh, a team who it's interesting. You pick Mets as overrated. I pick I pick Braves. One of the two is probably going to win the division, but well, I guess we'll have to see. Um, so one or of the, us is, or the Nats just get super young again, and they have they bring yeah. back their their three headed monster and Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin, and that could definitely happen. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Phillies and Nationals are not teams to be slept on, but I think almost everyone would probably have uh, Mets, Braves, uh, one of the two at the top. Uh, yeah, I uh, I think there's a it's gonna be you know some exciting division races that we you know we've kind of discussed here. I think uh, the twenty twenty one season is gonna be super exciting and you know a bit of a roller coaster. All right, and so now we're gonna talk about the last segment, Alex. So pretty much now we're gonna be you know discussing our team, the Angels, and so basically the main question we're gonna ask you know are are, are the Angels being slept on for the twenty twenty one season? Um, I know we saw it a couple of days ago on Twitter. Um, but Bleacher Report, I guess they ranked the Angels lineup 14th out of 30, um, you know, just based on your opinion and, and what you see from other teams and from, yeah, I guess different leagues. And, and I guess just the Angels lineup, how, how do you see that 14th out of 30? What, what do you think about that? So, yeah, I mean, Angels, Angels Twitter definitely kind of threw a fit about this. And I think it's for, I think it's for, you know, for uh, just reason. I think that, uh, Having the Angels, you know, as like an average offense, I think that's just not not the case there, you know. Are they an insane offensive juggernaut? You know, I don't think so. But I think that they are at least a top five, uh, I think a top five uh, uh, batting lineup in the AL is very fair. I think a top 10 in the MLB is, you know, very fair. Um, Just looking at some of the, the teams that, you know, other people might think have a better lineup. I just I just don't see it. I think the um, the upside of having Trout and Rendon getting you know five abs every game is just some a luxury that you know people may take for granted. Um, Fletcher leading off the order is obviously uh, you know incredibly incredibly strong. You know a, a amazing amazing bat on ball guy just does not whiff on pitches. And besides that, uh, a decent walk rate to boot. Um, just really avoid strikeouts. And then he's, he's you know, supported by the likes of Otani, Trout, Rendon. Um, I really don't see how you can go wrong with that top four. It's it's one of the best um, in the league. And then you kind of couple that with some, some very solid depth options with, uh, you know, uh, Jose Iglesias had a very, uh, you know, uh, I, I would say a surprising 2020. We all know he's not going to hit 374 again. Mm-hmm. That's just not repeatable. Obviously, but even if he drops to, is it? I'm gonna go on a limb and say Jose Iglesias regresses at least a little bit. Uh, if he if he hit his his uh, you know his uh, career averages, he would have you know uh, OPS plus slightly below a hundred, which is you know not bad at all for your your starting shortstop. And based on his spring training, I think he could be above that. I think he could be above a hundred OPS plus guy. I think that you kind of couple that with a Max Stassi who had a, you know, an, uh, a real uh, step forward in his uh, offense in 2020, um, obviously a shortened season. Uh, he may not repeat it to its full extent. He might not bat, you know, 284 again or whatever it was. But, you know, I, I do think that, you know, he's taken a step 
just watching him from 2019 to 2020, the plate, uh, the approach of the plate was different and it was better. And so, uh, you know, I can keep going on. Obviously, Albert Pujols, the more at-bats he gets, the worse our lineup gets. That's just an unfortunate fact of the matter. Uh, Upton is is the definition of a of a streaky, uh, you know, streaky outfielder. Uh, is he going to be more of a plus than a minus? It remains to be seen. But I think the rest of the guys kind of surrounding that are filling in the rest of the picture. Um, I think there's a lot to be, you know, uh, excited about with the the team's offense. Uh, I don't really know how you could. Um, you know, I don't know how you could put it any, any other way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it, um, I think looking at the past, you know, like three seasons or, or so, you I mean, I know, I know you know what you're going to get with um, Fletcher, Trout, and Rendon. Those are the, like the definition of consistency. Um, year in and year out, you know what you're going to get. Um, I think looking at, like you said, 2020, Stassi and Walsh were definitely on the, on, on the, um, on, on the big surprise list. And, 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 and you know, it answers if they can repeat that. Um, and then also, I think, you know, looking at spring training right now, which is nice to know um, that, you know, Stat- or, uh, Inglesia, Shohei, and Upton all had really good, um, all had really good spring trainings. And then you look at some of the additions, um, Juan Lagares has been a huge surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, if he can, you know, maybe he can take over for Fowler. Fowler can't, you know, come into, um, you know, his own and be the role player he needs to be, which, you know, being in the nine hole. Basically, your your job is just to help set up for the for the one two two guys in the lineup because um, getting on base for Fletcher would be very helpful, and especially getting that hit and run. You know, I mean, who who wouldn't want Fletcher at first and Fowler at third and Trout, Rendon, Otani coming up, and it's just right. like okay, I mean that that's literally almost a murderer's row right there. I think on the list they had the Red Sox and like the Rays were two teams that's that definitely came out and were ahead of the angels. And I, I think it's, I think they're good offenses, but I mean, I don't think the Rays were known for their offense last year. They were more pitching of course. And so I think that them being ahead is definitely a little, a little favoritism on that. But, I, and then the Red Sox, I think that you, you're almost, you're almost banking or you're almost hoping for their offense to be good. I know they have a lot of good players, but they don't have a trout Rendon kind of hitting. Those two guys are definitely top top three maybe even top five top five players hitters at least in the league right now right and and yeah the some of the teams you mentioned like the rays and red Sox are both you know very talented teams talented offensively as well but the fact that the angels you know it seems like this is one of the better lineups they've had in recent years like you think about stassi is taking a step forward he's going to be the starting catcher um you know he all signs look good with him you think about walsh is he going to have a nine a point nine something OPS like he did last year? You know, probably not, maybe not. But is he going to be better than like having upper pools for 160 games? I'm going to say probably yes. Uh, you know, adding more depth in the outfield with guys like Lagares, Shevler, um, if, if he ends up, you know, making some big league appearances. Uh, you know, I feel and Iglesias, it will probably end up being an offensive upgrade to uh, uh, our former shortstop, Anderson Simmons. So, I mean, the fact that the lineup is kind of getting better, meanwhile, you know, you look at Red Sox, they, you know, obviously they lost bets uh, last offseason. And you look at a team like the Rays and, you know, losing Renfro, not a crazy huge piece, but, you know, definitely some of these teams are losing, you know, pieces here and there. And I feel like the Angels are just kind of adding. And uh, I just yeah. I just like what I see. Yeah, yeah, and definitely, I mean, with the um, with the additions on the, on the lineup, that also, you know, helps on the defensive side. Um, you know, getting Iglesias, we've already, we've already seen his highlight reel this spring training. Um, it's been unreal. And then, you know, Fletcher at second base, Rendon at third, um, and Stassi with, you know, framing. I, I think it's definitely going to help a lot of our, you know, other additions like um, like Quintana and Cobb. Um, I mean, how, how do you think that'll, that'll you know, fare up with that? So, yeah, uh, obviously there's no defender quite like Andrelton Simmons, who we, who we just, you know, lost in free agency. But... Uh, a problem, an issue with him and our team has always been kind of, you know, an inconsistent health record. And I think getting a full season of Iglesias and Fletcher in the middle infield, uh, both terrific defenders with Rendon on third base, another really good, uh, you know, high, you know, uh, really just overall defensive uh, kind of consistent force at third base. Having that uh, rock solid infield defensively, I think is going to do a lot of wonders. I think it was kind of the design, honestly, behind uh, GM uh, Perry Manassian's kind of vision for the 2021, uh, you know, squad. Uh, 
in my opinion, I think he did kind of pursue Iglesias for defensive reasons and then went on and pursued uh, pitchers with high ground ball rates. And, you know, that would include uh, guys like Alex Cobb, uh, Jose Quintana, both guys who induce a lot of ground balls. Um, he Also uh, worth noting that, you know, Manassian totally revamped our bullpen to include lots of u- new unique guys. I think the the vision behind our team it definitely feels kind of fresh it feels like a you know it's kind of a new look um i think overall there's been some you know good thought behind the design of the team i, sh- I would say and i think the defense is going to play a big part in that at least the, you know the infield defense um do you kind of agree or yeah no, no I, I was going to say i mean i mean i i i went into the off season thinking you know i, I don't want to go in there and spend you know 40 mil on a trevor bauer and get one guy and yeah he's a very good pitcher who did very well in in you know 12 starts but i you know you know i i rather get a bunch of guy you know a couple a couple guys two or three guys where they can actually you know eat up innings um you know force our defense to you know do the work while we brought them there so I think that um, you know getting getting guys like that is very helpful. I mean, I know the the biggest thing with the Angels has been starting pitching and getting guys that can pitch you know six to seven innings every start um, and allow their team to win. I know the the case for that has not been um, very good in the past couple of years, but I think that you know ha- helping guys you know change sceneries, you know guys that have been you know with Madden in the past and have had success with Madden in the past um, will definitely help out the. Um, Definitely help out the starting pitching, and of course, that's going to complement the defense um, with with what they're able to do. Um, but yeah, so and then it looks like also you know this past week, you know, one thing was also the bullpen because the bullpen was, I mean, not atrocious last season, but it was it was not good at all. Blew a lot of games, and definitely you could look at last season and say four games that we had a good lead in in the in the seventh or later inning of the ball game, and and you know four of those wins can come back and, you know, we're, we're in the sixth seed playing the Minnesota twins instead of, you know, Houston, um, in the playoffs. So I think, uh, you know, right now we look like we added, uh, three guys to the pen, um, C-check, uh, and Hoyt and then, um, Watson. So definitely those guys will be, um, be helpful. I mean, w- with you, Alex, what do you like or see about those guys? Yeah. I mean, uh, I think C-check in particular has huge upside. Uh, it, I think it's kind of a, it's kind of tricky looking at relievers year to year because sometimes in a short season, one will look great, one will look awful. It's really hard to kind of, you know, uh, evaluate and, uh, you know, see where someone is, where someone stands. But I do think that, you know, bringing in arms that are fresh to the organization with some veteran arms, um, I think it's it could only be a good thing. I think there's no reason to sort of, you know, look down on the fact that, like, you know, I think I think I saw someone saying uh, that the Angels were kind of scrambling at the last minute to build a pen. You know, that could be, that could be you know, your take. But the way I see it is, you know, there's a concerted effort, like, okay, we have a little bit of money to spend. We can give $1 million to uh, three different guys, $1 million each. And those, you know, if we strike gold on one of them and one of them becomes a high-leverage setup guy or, you know, uh, ends up getting us out of a jam, you know, then that's a huge plus in my book. So uh, I don't really see why, uh, you know, I don't see why it, it would be a bad thing to add, uh, you know, just three fresh arms to the organization. I'm here looking at the C-Shack's 2019 MLB percentile rankings on a baseball savant. I really like what I see. I see 100 percentile exit velocity. I see 99 percentile hard hit percent just really good at avoiding and creating weak contact. And that's, that's kind of the design. That's what Perry, uh, you know, the, the, our, our general manager's really run look, prevention. He's really looking at run prevention. That's the famous, uh, the cliche quote he gave, um, you know, you create these, uh, weak contacts. We have a great infield defense. You know, the idea is that hopefully those two can fuse and we can, you know, really, uh, you know, prevent runs to correlate with our, you know, very talented offense. So yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm happy right now. Yeah, definitely. And, and also the new guy, um, Chris Rodriguez looks like he'll be, you know, an upcoming, you know, almost superstar with, with his, his movement on his pitches and, and, um, you know, his velocity is very impressive. So, um, I think, I think it's nice to have a lot of new faces in, um, the bullpen and that's something that we're looking for. And, and like I said, they have, um, I, th- I think almost like 10 to 12 different options. So it's like some guys will probably get sent down to the training um, camp and then, you know, some guys will be brought up. So it's definitely going to be a lot of, you know, different looks for different um, t- 
teams. So I think it's really nice where, you know, the A's, if you're playing the A's and then you're playing the Rangers in a back-to-back uh, three-game series, you know, you can definitely get good looks from other, you know, um, perspectives and other other sides. So um, it's definitely going to keep all the hitters um, guessing, and, and that's really nice. And also you look at all the pitchers. I mean, every guy has throws from a different arm slot. Um, Justin, uh, or I'm sorry, Tony, Tony Watson, um, he throws from kind of a side angle. And then, you know, you have, uh, yes, you have a, a guy named Rowan, I believe on the, on the bullpen that also throws from a side angle too. And then, um, just other guys, you know, throwing from other arm angles. I think that's really helpful because that was, that definitely helped the raise last year. Yeah. I think that's a super critical, uh, you know, aspect to a bullpen that people are starting to really open their eyes to. C-Sheck is like a sidearm righty. You know, a guy like Chris Rodriguez is more of a power throwing overhand kind of guy. Uh, we have a couple like kind of sidearm lefties in, uh, like you said, Watson and also um, Alex Claudio. Uh, so the different the different looks we're getting, and then if we end up using Sandoval, he's a little bit more uh, kind of three quarter or maybe uh, overhand lefty throw. So the way we got these different looks and then kind of different velocities and different you know pitch styles. I think that is also another key to building a good pen. It's not just good individuals, but sort of guys that complement each other. So overall, I, I'm impressed with the design of the team. Uh, it, it still does feel like to me that there could have been a, maybe a little bit more room for upgrade. Yeah, yeah. Um, just in terms of how much money we you know had to spend in the offseason. But you know, overall, you, you can't uh, be disappointed with the design and with the attempt to you know build something with some sort of logic behind it. And... Uh, I do think that, you know, this team has playoff potential in an American league that, you know, sees some teams getting weaker. Like the Rays obviously lost two of their three best starting pitchers. You look at, uh, you know, a White Sox team is improving. Uh, a counterpart, you know, uh, a Twins team uh, lost some pieces. You look at a other play, other teams that made the playoffs that might not this year include like the Indians maybe. Indians losing Lindor, obviously losing Carrasco. Um, you might see some some regression with like Bieber and Plesac. We'll we'll see what what they ha- uh, hold this season. But um, yeah, I think with some of these teams having setbacks, obviously the Astros and the A's in the Angels on division both lost key players in Semyon and uh, you know Liam Hendricks for the A's and Springer uh, and Verlander obviously getting injured for the uh, for the Astros and Framber too. So their whole starting rotation is kind of being you know reinvented a little bit. I think and. Um, yeah, that definitely, I mean, helps the cause, um, for, for the angels, for the division. Cause I mean, I, I really, wild cards are cool and all that, but I, I mean, division, I think there's always the eye on the prize. So, um, you know, that's always helpful getting into the playoffs and having a division instead of, you know, going in and playing a one, one game wild card game, um, with, with that. So, um, yeah, basically that's kind of our summary with, you know, looking at the angels and, um, our 2021, um, season, uh, me and Alex will be at opening day for the angels, um, Go Dylan Bundy. Looking for Bundy to pretty much shove it to Giolito, um, even though I bet money on Giolito for the Cy Young. So, uh, but definitely, you know, don't care about his first start because uh, it's about it's about the last couple starts that definitely matter more than the first. But uh, yeah, and that's gonna be uh, our talk for the uh, for the week. Again, I'm Travis. Yeah, I'm Alex. Thanks for check uh, for you know uh, listening, guys. We really appreciate it. Um, Looking forward to, you know, keeping this kind of a weekly uh, podcast, uh, give you guys some weekly updates on how the season's going. We feel like we did a good job kind of, you know, recapping uh, our expectations going into the season. And we look to continue throughout the season and uh, giving you guys some fresh takes along the way, keeping you guys, you know, up to date on what we think. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you.